There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to a new week on the podcast. This is our Monday edition of the podcast, and we certainly like to welcome all of our listeners and had a good weekend in the house of God. We certainly are thankful for that. We appreciate what the Lord is doing. We had good reports from some that God has helped them. We certainly rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. And so as we go into the podcast today, we'd like to remind each of you of the Liberty Behind Bars ministry. Brother Dale Morey and the Liberty Behind Bars ministry, you can look them up on the internet. They're on Facebook as well as a website. And Brother Morey is reaching into prisons all around America, but especially in the state of New York. He has great influence doing live services as well as live stream services and he's out traveling preaching and we certainly appreciate them so look into liberty behind bars if you've not looked them up before and check into the ministry he's let me use his office all last week for recording and so we appreciate that we thank the lord for the Morris, thank the lord for the ministry hebrews chapter 5 the word speaking of jesus christ the priest after the order of melchizedek and the bible says who in the days of his flesh now that is the body of jesus christ that holy one of god we need offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. Now, we talked about that last week. He watered his couch with those tears. That weeping endured for the night, but thank God there was joy in the morning. A picture of the death of Christ, the sufferings of Christ, and then we see the glorious resurrection. In that, we do see the gospel, how he died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and was buried, and then he rose again. How did he do that? He did it the third day according to the scriptures. And so we know that the resurrection of Christ is that joy uh, that we see and we thank God for that. Unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard and that he feared. Now again, how can God fear God? You know, a man had asked me a question last year at the end of the year. He said, how can God have faith in himself? Speaking of the faith of Jesus Christ. And I believe the word of God is very clear about it. It's like the faith that he had was over the word of God. They believed what God said. And you say, well, isn't he God? Well, I'd be pretty pathetic if I spoke and didn't believe what I was saying. And there's a lot of folks out there that got a lot of words to say, but they don't believe what they're saying. It's just gibberish. It's just babble, as I tell my son all the time. Son, you speak in words that we can understand because he's being foolish and silly and babbling. And that's what vain babblings are. They're words that have no weight to them. There's a lot of preaching out there today. It's just vain babbling. It's just words with no weight. Jesus Christ believed what he said. He believed what he preached. He believed by faith the word of God without hesitation. He knew the word of God was pure. And therefore, he also could fear God. How did he fear God? Because he had power over his soul. Word of God tells us that. And because he had power over his soul, he feared as a son. And he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And word of God said, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. 
Now, one of the things I've looked at in this passage is when did he learn obedience? Well, chapter 2 and verse 10, it tells us, For it became him, for whom were all things, by whom were all things, and bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Now, I look back at Psalm 16, and I know we use this often on the podcast, but it's one of those chapters when God gives you understanding of Psalm 16, it kind of fits the whole Bible together. That's why Peter thought it so important to preach it at Pentecost, and he preached it at Pentecost, and then Paul preached it in his first message on earth that God has revealed to us in Acts chapter 13. We see the importance of Psalm 16. Here's when he learned obedience. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. There's his faith. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer. There's the suffering of Christ, thine holy one, to see corruption. You say, well, that suffering there is permissible. No, I was talking about his soul offered in hell. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And therefore, he learned obedience. Why? Jesus Christ had never been flesh before. And in his flesh, he learned obedience. He was suffered temptation. When the devil came to him, brought him up in that high place and tempted him, he suffered. When sinners spoke against him, he suffered. He learned those things in his flesh. He learned those things in his body on earth. And then he learned obedience. And the word of God says, by the things which he suffered. Then he died on the cross after he had suffered. And then his soul was made an offering for sin, and that offering for sin, he suffered. And you know, there's kind of the halfway folks. They kind of believe that. They sort of don't believe that. I had a man one time, he said, well, I believe Jesus Christ was offered for sin, but I don't really believe he suffered. Well, then why would he be offered for sin if he didn't suffer? How could he take my suffering upon himself if he didn't suffer? How could he take my damnation upon himself if he wasn't damned? A dear brother and ours, uh, we mentioned him earlier in this podcast, Brother Maury had made the statement. He said, Jesus Christ didn't die for our cross because you and I weren't headed to the cross. Jesus Christ took our hell because you and I were headed to hell. And therefore, we understand that the things he suffered, not only in this life, in his death, but then also in that second death, he learned obedience in those things. Now, that is going back to last week. That is why we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, and yet without sin. He was tempted in all those things. He suffered in all those things. Why? That we might have a high priest who understands us. We have a high priest who can take our sin, take our iniquity, and forgive us because he has also suffered those temptations. Called of God. And high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And then at the end of this chapter, there's something I'm going to look at uh, just for a few moments here. But he says, of whom we have many things to say. Who is this? This great high priest, Jesus Christ. And hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. Now, there are those that will not receive this doctrinal truth. Why? They're dull of hearing. It means their ears are not in tune with what God is saying. Their ears are not inclined to hear what God said. Dullness of the ear is not an absolute lack of circumcision. It's when the hearing eventually gets dull through age, through time, through sickness. Can I say through wax built up? And dull of hearing is that person that they only hear really what they want to hear. And these things are hard to be uttered seeing you're dull of hearing. 
And he said, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing your dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. This chapter is what he's speaking of. These are the first oracles of God. This is why Jesus Christ came. This is why he was on earth. This is why he died. And these are the first oracles of God. This is the foundation of what we believe. But there are those that will not hear it. This whole Jesus-only movement. They don't speak of the sufferings of Christ as I do. They basically have a Passion of the Christ movie rendition of suffering, or they have another Hollywood version of suffering, but they don't have a biblical version of suffering. And so therefore, he said, to be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong drink. Therefore, they're back on the milk of the word of God. They're babes. They cannot receive strong meat. Doctrinally, they're weak. Doctrinally, they're anemic. Doctrinally, they're babes. They will not receive these things. That's why it's so hard to say these things, so hard to utter these things, knowing there are people sitting there that have dulled their ears. They've been so caught up in Protestant doctrine and so caught up in IFB doctrine and the books that men write rather than what the Bible says. And their ears have gotten dull and they cannot hear. He said, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And therefore, we have a church full of babies today. We have churches full of babies today. They're not skillful in the word of God. You ask them doctrinal questions, they look at you quizzical, their eyes roll back in their head, and they say something like, well, you know, that's just something my pastor needs to deal with. That's just something that, you know, our deacons can look at. Well, brother, I just don't know if that's really important in the, in the, in the realm of all of these things. And I remember the man that got up and he said, you know, when you come across these things, we just need to go soul winning. And what a deflection for an absolute error of a milk toast Christian. He has the bread of life and it's watered down with milk and he chokes on the meat because they will not believe the doctrines of the word of God. And that's why it is very difficult sometimes to preach these things because people sit there and balk at the word of God. They're inundated with Protestant ideals and inundated with Protestant philosophies. And they're inundated with the mindset that the Bible is just this vague book and men can use it, but it's not really for our everyday need. It's more for the clergy to give us understanding. It's more for educated men to give us understanding. And I've had men stand in opposition to me and they said, well, you know, you know, you don't have a great education. You don't have to have a great education to have faith. I'm pretty sure Elijah didn't graduate Bible college. I'm almost positive. I look back and I looked at this. I realized I don't even think Daniel went to Bible college. And there's somewhere, and I don't think Job had a degree. And I've looked at that. He was a wise man. He sat in the gate. He was one of the elders in the city, no doubt. Probably the chiefest of the elders in his city. But yet he was an uneducated man. But I remember when Jesus Christ, speaking of his disciples in the the book of Acts, and he said that when they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Why? That's the preaching of James, the Peter, John. Those disciples went out. The apostles now are preaching the book of Acts. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. We see over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we see in verse 26, when it talks about preaching, the preaching of the cross, in that same passage, the preaching of the cross, verse 26 tells us this, for you see your calling brethren, 
How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That's why God can take a hick from the sticks and anoint his lips to preach. That's why God can take a con from the pen and turn him loose in the pulpit because of the grace of God. And I love what a man said many, many years ago. He said, he took me out of the mire and he put me in the choir. Amen and amen. God can use the base things of this world to confound the minds of the wise. But yet there are those that are unskillful in the word of God. They have a great education, a great understanding of books, and have a great understanding of teaching, but yet it does not mean that they're on the meat of the word of God. He said, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The book of James in chapter 3 and verse 15, the word of God tells us this, and he says, Thus wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. What is that wisdom? It's the wisdom of man. It's the wisdom of men that do not exercise their senses to discern good and evil. Barzillai, speaking to David, told him he could not hear the songs of the children anymore. Why? His senses were dull. He tells David that. He could not, his tongue could not taste perverse things. Why? because his taste had been diminished. He no longer had sharp senses. Therefore, he could not discern good and evil. We need to open our eyes. We need to open our ears. We need to open our tongues. We need to open our feeling. I don't mean our emotions. I mean our physical feeling. Sometimes you need to open your nose to discern good and evil. Many a fire has been detected because of nose. Many foot fungi have been detected because of the nose. There are issues of life. You need a nose to understand something's wrong. Put your face in moldy cheese. It won't take you long to realize we're not eating this. If you don't have senses to smell, you might just eat something that'll kill you. You might just be involved in something that'll take your life. So it is spiritually. When men's senses have not been exercised, why does God give you eyes? He gives you eyes to look at something and then take the word of God and discern between right and wrong, between good and evil, is this something that is good? Is this something that is evil? God gives you ears to hear that you can hear. Is this good or is this evil? God gives you a nose to smell. Is this good or is this evil? Can your tongue taste perverse things, as Barzillai said? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Then Job said, is there any taste in the white of an egg? Why? Because that which is unsavory cannot be eaten without salt. He asked the question rather than make the statement I made, but can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Therefore, it's in your taste. And so God has given us these senses to exercise them, to look at things and discern good and to discern evil. And my friend, until you learn that, you'll be on milk. And this meat is for those who are aged, They've learned these things. They can look at a situation, know it's evil, know it's good, because they're obeying what their senses are telling them. And then they line it up with the word of God. 
We're in a day when men will not use the word of God to discern good and evil. We're in a day when men say, well, you need to show me that from the Bible. I need to see that from the Bible. And you know, not everything wicked and not everything ungodly is defined black and white in the Bible. But your senses discern those things. You hear music and you say, well, this particular genre of music is not mentioned as being evil in the Bible. Therefore, it must be okay. And the men are all wearing pants, albeit tight ones, and therefore it must be okay. And the guitar player, the Bible doesn't even speak about a guitar, so it must be okay. Not to mention there are a bunch of sodomite-promoting, dope-smoking liberals that get drunk every day. That aside, you know, this is a pretty good song. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, I can't listen to this song. No, God gave you discernment to know. God gave you discerning senses that you might know good from evil. People say, well, this is a Christian movie. Well, my eyes look on the back and it says rated R. Therefore, you know, I'm a little bit alerted to that. And I look on the cover and I see scantily dressed women. They say, well, this is a Christian movie. It's about a woman whose life was brought from the realm of disaster and it's a family film that will help your family. And then I read on the back with my eyes and it says strong language. And I say, well, my children don't need to hear any more strong language than they do. And then you read a little bit more and it says, you know, some, some sensual situations. Well, I got enough problems in my life. I really don't need that. But somebody says, well, it's a Christian movie. My senses tell me it's an evil movie. Therefore, I need to obey my senses. But who's that reserved for? He says, some that are full of age. Even as by reason of use. Do you know what this means? When God gave you those senses, you began to use them to discern. You began to trust your senses against the word of God and to realize the word of God lines up with what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're smelling, what you're tasting, what you're touching. And the word of God tells you there's something wrong with this. But not today. No. Why? They don't believe the doctrines of Melchizedek. He tells you that. This is those that they can't receive this. They're dull of hearing. Why are they dull of hearing? Because their senses are so out of tune with God. Lord, we'll be back on here tomorrow with chapter 6. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are
are singing the glory.